This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. got some great stuff ahead of you. And this series is called Real, because we're going to look at the real people of the Bible. And so I want to take some time each day, and we're going to learn a little bit more about particular Bible characters. Let me tell you who we've got coming up. We've got Luke, and that's who we're going to start with. He's the historian. We're going to look at Luke, but then we're going to look at Abraham. We're going to look at John. We're actually going to have some guests. That's right. Jennifer and Rachel Wojo are going to be here. We're going to talk about the Syrophoenician woman, and then we're going to talk about Paul. And you say, well, why are we doing this? Because I think you need to know your Bible. You need to know the characters. you got to understand the backstory and then see all the detail that's in the Scripture. I'm excited about this. I don't know about you, but I want you to do something. I want you to go to yournextstepnow.com, subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll get every one of these lessons. You'll get to be a part of every one of it, even if you're busy on one day and you miss listening on the radio broadcast. The reason we're on a broadcast is we want you to be able to listen to it in your car, but we also want you to have it in the podcast form. So go to yournextstepnow.com. Today, we're diving into the historian. We're going to look at the heart of, of Luke and how he shared the message of Jesus. Stay with us. This is the beginning of a great series. You're going to love it. This, this weekend is the beginning of a series, and I hope you'll be a part of it because um, for me, it is exciting. I want to go through, and we're going we're gonna to pull out some real people from the Bible, and we're going to try to uh, wrap them up in a bow for you to help you understand the characters really, really well and, and who the major players are. And um, I just think it's a lot of fun. And I've never done this before. And so for me, it's a lot of fun. It's something new. I hope you'll be a part of it. This week, I want to talk about Luke. And um, what's interesting about Luke is this. Luke is really a behind-the-scenes kind of person. See, a lot of us, we look at ourselves and we think, no way, you know, I, I, I'm not that important or whatever. And, and Luke is totally a behind-the-scenes kind of person. He even is so self-deprecating that he doesn't even let you know that he's doing all that he's doing. And that may be your personality, and I want you to know that level of humility is wonderful I asked God for that opportunity to be a behind-the-scenes person, and he chose no for me. So uh, I've now learned to get over my introverted ways. So what I want to do today is I want to begin to expand Luke and who he is. And this is, this is really what I'm hoping will happen for you. I'm hoping he'll become a model for how you do your Christ following. And, and number two, I'm hoping as you open up the Word of God, it'll, just, it'll be like, wow, this makes sense to me now because of what I've done. Whenever you open the Bible, whenever you go to read the Bible, there's, there's two aspects of the authorship, okay? The Bible is made up of a series of books written by a group of authors, okay? So the context comes out of those authors' lives. But the Bible also has an editor. 
And that editor is the Holy Spirit. Because he's working in the lives of these very real individual people to bring their stories together into one story. And it's so awesome. So when you open up the Bible and you read the Gospel of Luke, if you're reading with me right now on the church app, we're going through the Gospel of Luke, okay? If you're reading with me, we're in the Gospel of Luke right now, okay? And you're, you're hearing the story through Luke's life experience and his voice. But the Holy Spirit of God is what has worked on him to say, tell them this, show them this. They need to hear this. And his unique personality comes through as well as God's personality, and that's what you get. So let's say you're new to church. Let's say you're new to the whole God thing, and, and, and you're like, I'm, I'm just not sure. Well, this is a great place for you to begin to start to understand the author Luke. Because for me in my life, when I know the author, you know when I've met him or I've watched him on YouTube and I, I feel like, wow, I got to read that person's book, you know? Well, that's what it'll do for you. Now, some of you, you got like, oh man, I've read through the Bible so many times. I've been to so, church so long and so much Sunday school. I'm still, you are my challenge because I want to get you, I want to give you some information you've never heard before that will go like, oh man, I didn't know that. And so hang on, this is going to be fun. Luke, let me tell you something about Luke. Uh, Luke uh, wrote, it's the third uh, of the Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, okay? So if you open up your New Testament, you get to Luke. Now, what's interesting about Luke is this. He tells you from the get-go, I'm not the first gospel that's ever written, okay? He says there's others. He says other people have written this account, but I'm telling you, I'm writing this account because... I went and asked some people some questions. I just had to verify some things for myself. And he said, I've added some extra interesting tidbits that were interesting to me that I found out when I did a personal investigation, all right? So when I read Luke, I kind of read it through this lens of NCIS. You know what I'm saying? You know how those guys, they look at it? Because Luke, we're gonna get to this in a second, but Luke was a doctor of the ancient world. And so he brings kind of that scientific mind from it. He brings this ancient world education to it, and it just it makes it pop. But what's interesting about Luke is this. Because he put those extra tidbits in there, those extra little information and things like they wrap the baby in swaddling clothes. Luke is the one that comes up with that. Well, why did he do that? Well, because he was a doctor, and he went and interviewed the people, and he wanted to know for himself what was it. How on earth do you have a baby in a manger? That is just sick. Every doctor would say that, right? That is unsanitary, all right? So how did you do it? And, and then he throws that little tidbit in there, and it's like, oh, wow, what a beautiful picture. He even makes a manger smell good, all right? And that's because he investigated it. And because he did such a beautiful picture in, in, in telling us that picture, something happened in history. Artists began to paint scenes that Luke very artistically described in such great detail, all right? So they painted the pictures, and then they told people when they took it to the gallery to sell it, Luke painted this. 
And it got carried down from tradition that Luke painted it. Now, I want you to be honest with you. I do not believe that, that Luke traveled the world with, you know, canvas and an easel under his arm and brushes. He didn't have time for that, okay? But I do believe this. I believe that he made such a beautiful picture. He inspired these artists and they drew it with such detail. They didn't want to take credit for it because they could have never imagined it without him. And so when I open up the Bible and I open up Luke's gospel, I just let him paint the picture. And I just like, oh, wow, this is beautiful. I can see that. I can see that in my mind's eye. And see, that helps me. And so I look at Luke and I think, man, this, this guy, he, he's more than a historian. He's an artist. Listen to the picture he paints. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. What's he doing? Luke, he didn't grow up in a Jewish home. He didn't grow up in the hill country of Judea like the other disciples did. He grew up in Antioch in Syria. And he was writing this with the fresh eyes of someone who didn't know the context. And so he paints this beautiful... I mean, Luke, when you, when you read the Gospel of Luke... Joy comes up all the time. Angels are everywhere. Because Luke had this unbelievable fascination with the people and the surroundings and everything about it. Because this was a new world for him. He grew up in the Greek culture. He grew up in a world that was brutal and evil and self-centered. And the gods that he knew about were gods that were vengeful and angry and mean. And then one day, he meets Paul and a team of missionaries from Jerusalem. And he finds out about a God born in a manger. And they said, he's the savior of the whole world. And so when, when Luke paints this picture, it's not just for a Jewish world. It's for all humanity. It's for everyone. Throughout Luke's uh, gospel and the book of Acts that he also writes, he keeps using this, this ancient Greek word, sozo, which means to save or to, to preserve or to make whole. It's really interesting because... The word sozo carries with it a similar idea to the Hebrew word of peace, to make you whole. And, and he wasn't a Hebrew speaker, so he doesn't use the word shalom. He uses the word sozo everywhere. It's like, it's like his salt and pepper on every incident because he wants you to know God loves you and he wants to, he wants to make you whole. He wants to to preserve life, not take it away. He wants to give and he wants to bless you. And that's the mindset that Luke has. It's powerful. It's energetic. It's, it's loving and joy-filled and kind. 
See, Luke, he was a, he was a doctor in the ancient world. And he saw the brutality of medicine. you got to realize, in his age of medicine, there was no antibiotics. He had no ability to, to really help you. He could, oh man, he could hold your hand and he could love you and he could make a few suggestions. But, but most of the medicine that they had at that time was still very, very rudimentary. I mean, he would love, he would love to have the first aid kit you've got at your house. Oh man, so, some Neosporin? Ah, oh, that would have blown his mind. In the ancient world, when you went to the doctor, you didn't have a good chance. And so as he begins to paint the picture of Jesus, he sees someone as so much better than the doctor of the ancient world. Because see, Jesus, he had the ability to change not just your physical condition, but he could heal your soul. He could change the course of your life. He could, he could give you hope for your sin, for those bad habits that keep tearing you down and taking you back in that spiral. See, that's the Jesus that Luke heard about. He heard about it and he put it in his gospel. He said that the, the religious leaders of his day were complaining about Jesus because he's giving people all this hope, you know. He's hanging out with sinners, you know. People that drink and smoke and dance and run around, you know. And they're complaining. Look what it says here. It's in Luke chapter 5, 31. It says, Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. See, the doctoring that Jesus brings to your life is more than just a physical touch. But please know this. We have people in this place. We have people in this room right now with you that are alive today because of a physical touch from God. A doctor gave them a, a diagnosis of cancer and death and the end of life. And Jesus showed up. But more than that. More than that, the majority of us in this room, we've known the Jesus that heals the broken places in our soul and gives us the courage to continue to deal with our foibles, our faults, and that old nature that really tries to rise up and have its way with us still to this day. We're far from perfect. Like Peter and, and Martha, we know Jesus, but where he's not done with us yet. You know, Martha, she was the one that was so worried about the party details that she missed Jesus. And Peter, he was so, he was so busy being a follower that he lost sight of who he was following and he struck a man with a sword. See, you and I, we need a healer. Luke speaks of healing the most of all the gospel writers. He has more accounts of people being healed, but he doesn't limit healing just to physical healing. He talks about a healing that can impact your soul, cleanse your sins, and give you new life. Powerful picture. We know he's a doctor because in the book of Colossians, Paul speaks of him. Paul's writing the church at Colossae, and he says, 
My team greets you. And he starts listing off all the people on the team. And in the midst of that greeting, he says, Our dear friend Luke the doctor and Demas send you greetings. Now, why is that important? Because in Luke's mind of what it meant to be a Christ follower, it's not a a single individual that's following God. It's a team of us. We're all working at this together. We're doing life together. We're sharing life. We're sharing Jesus. And we are all rolling up our sleeves. So how how did Luke become a part of the team? Well, it's an interesting story. It says that that Paul, and he had a team with him at the time. He was part of the team that Barnabas took out. He was part of the team, but somehow in the process, Paul becomes the lead in the team. John Mark is with them, and they make their way to a city called Antioch. Because see, that's where Luke was from. And in Antioch, they experience a revival. That revival is still impacting your and my life to this day because it was in Antioch that those that followed Jesus were forced, first called Christians. Please know this, it wasn't a compliment. They thought we were crazy. Believing that God would come in the human form and be a Messiah, a, a Christ to save the world, that's crazy. Those Christians are meeting over there. And you and I both know there are still people who feel that way about us to this day. That's okay. It was in that culture, in that city, in Antioch, that Luke first heard the good news of Jesus. And like you and like me, at first he was just a listener. He listened to the gospel and he absorbed it and he began to take it in. Word about all these new Christians that Paul was reaching, made its way back to Jerusalem. And they recalled him. They said, Paul, you need to come back. There are too many Gentiles coming to know Christ. And then they have this council in Jerusalem. If you want to read about it, it's all right here. And Luke tells you the story. It's in the book of Acts. And in Acts 15, 16, and 17, it outlines this this unbelievable story. Paul gets recalled. He's brought before Peter and James, the brother of Jesus, and all the the top dogs in Jerusalem, you know? And as he explains the story, they come to one conclusion. James, Jesus' brother, is the one that stands up and, and really seals the deal for him. He says, who are we to make it difficult for the Gentiles to come into the kingdom of God? Who are we? The Jerusalem committee comes to the conclusion. They say, don't make it difficult for the Gentiles to enter the kingdom. All they need to know is that Jesus' blood on the cross is enough for them, that he died for them too. And if you're going to give them any instruction, tell them two things. One, don't eat food sacrificed to idols, and do not uh, be involved in sexual immorality. Other than that, don't worry about all the laws. You need to know. They had hundreds of laws. Some of the Jews had, had felt like they wanted to make sure that the law was really met, so they made laws beyond the laws to make sure you never got close to the laws so that they like build guardrails with guardrails outside the guardrails to protect you, all right? And they gave us two. Well, Paul takes their letter and he runs back to the mission field. 
He goes to every place he's already been and he says, Jerusalem says that your faith is just as valid as theirs. If you've called upon Jesus to be your Savior, to be the Lord of your life, you're just as saved as a Jewish person who was born in a Jewish home, lived all their lives worshiping Yahweh, but you are just as good because you've believed on Jesus. Keep going in the faith. And on this trip, he has this ache. Paul has always got this ache. I know this ache. I feel this ache. He says there's one more place that needs to know about Jesus. There's more people that need to know about Jesus. And he's aching to go into Macedonia. And he's been praying. He's like, God, can we go to Macedonia? Please, God, we need to plant a church there. God, we need to reach the people of Macedonia. And God keeps saying to Paul, wait. A new young man comes on his team. His name is Timothy. Paul begins to prepare him as a disciple. And then it says right there in Acts chapter 16, Paul gets a vision. <laughs> and in this vision, he sees a Macedonian man saying, come, come on, come. Paul goes to the team and he says, guys, we got the green light. God says we can go to Macedonia. Huh. And suddenly the language changed in the book of Acts. And it goes from what Paul and Peter and James and John did. And suddenly it says, we. 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 That's my prayer for you. Hear this. It's my prayer for you that you would become part of the we part of the story. How you began to share what Jesus has done in your life and how you participated in the kingdom going out through you. That's my prayer for you. Luke was part of the early church mission team. He was an evangelist. He was probably educated like all the physicians for the 400 years prior to him on, on the proper methods of medicine and like most physicians, still to this day, he was probably pretty skeptical. When you tell a physician that you put on blue socks and it healed your cold, they're like, yeah, right. Prove it to me. That's the way Luke was when he heard the stories about Jesus. He saw the healed people. He saw the changed lives. And he just had to investigate it. He was a little bit skeptical. And can I say something? If you've been a little bit skeptical of God things... You make a great disciple. Ask your questions. I'm a little bit that way myself. He's the author of the book of Luke and Acts. You realize that he authored 25% of the New Testament. He was a fellow prisoner with Paul, so he wasn't just a hanger on. He was not just a crowdie. He was fully committed miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. You know, prayer changes our lives. Prayer of agreement is powerful. Well, we're together right now. What are we waiting for? Can we just stop right now and take a moment to pray? 
today. Let's take a moment and just really ask for God to make us holy, to consecrate us as instruments for His good. Lord, today we want to take a little bit of time just to to consecrate ourselves before you. Now, we know that's a big word, God, but it means that we're set apart and that we're made holy. And your scripture says that we are set apart and made holy and pleasing to you. Your word says that we are to be instruments of righteousness. Your word says that our bodies are to be a temple for your Holy Spirit. So everything that your word says is that that we are invited to be like a, a kingdom of priests that are that are holy and, and special. And so right now, God, this is what we're saying. If there's anything that needs to be cleansed, cleanse us. We know that in the days of old, when there was a temple, that it took days to consecrate the temple. And we're telling you, We want you to consecrate our lives. And if it takes days, let it be days. God, begin to remove anything from us that would make us unworthy of being a holy instrument for you. We want to serve you. And today, we want you to know we've, we've, we've said no to the world. We are part of your kingdom of light. And we present ourselves and, and we, we are so happy and excited that you would consider us worthy of being servants in the house of the Lord. And today we declare that our minds are holy for you, that our tongues are holy for you. May our words be holy and blessings wherever we go. May our eyes only look on that which is holy. May our ears only listen to what that is pleasing to you. May we sing songs of praise. May we bow before you. May we lift our hands before you. May everything about our bodies and our thought life, everything about us be pleasing to you. Let us learn to celebrate you and honor you for you are worthy in your name we pray amen hey thank you for praying with me you know i believe prayer is powerful we should pray first and ask questions later and if you'd like to be a part of the prayer ministry or part of this ministry i ask you to go to yournextstepnow.com that's right yournextstepnow.com Give us your email address and we'll give you our free ebook. It's a prayer guide, a daily prayer guide right there for you every day. Be a part of the ministry of the church next door and your next step. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. And it's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. 
Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.